Once upon a time, in a land far away, I'm Katrina, and I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Fairy Tellers Podcast. Myth, legend, folklore, fable. We explore what they say about cultures then and now. Grab a hot cup of cocoa and a comfy seat while we retell you a thing. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got another awesome episode this week because for the first time in a bit, we are doing a fifth Friday Fable Fest. <laughs> I love how we both did the the DJ horn. Yeah, that we don't have a sound effect for. So we just <laughs> we're like, oh, we have to do it with our mouths. But I am excited because I love these episodes. I am an yeah. Aesop Fable fan unapologetically yeah i think i slowly am like these are some of my favorite episodes to do just because it does end up being like mostly a lot of laughter and then good conversation yeah before we get into aesop fables i my husband saw this it was like a Star Trek meme, which is funny because it said like <laughs> Star Trek story time with Q. But my my husband read it and then was immediately like, oh, Katrina, you'll enjoy this. And I'm going to share it with all of you now. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Star Trek. So nobody be concerned that you're like, I've never seen Star Trek. It has nothing to do with that. And way more to do with Aesop Fables. So it says, three animals were having a huge argument over who was the best. The first, a hawk, claimed that because of his ability to fly, he could attack anything repeatedly from above, and his prey had nary a chance. The second, a lion, based his claim on his strength. None in the forest dared to challenge him. The third, a skunk, insisted he needed neither flight nor strength to frighten off any creature. As the trio debated the issue, an alligator came along and swallowed them all. Hawk, lion, and stinker. <laughs> that got me so good because, like, my brain was totally in this, like, Aesop fable mind space. And so uh -huh. when I was listening to the story and, like, skunk came up in the story, I was like, oh, yes, skunk is the most powerful because, like, even though he doesn't have claws or whatever, he can get people to leave him alone, like, whenever he wants. My brain was thinking more of, like, the wind versus the sun. Who's the most powerful? Like, and right. so, like, my brain was thinking more like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, skunk is totally going to, like, show them that he's secretly the most powerful. Like, and then, nope, didn't even see that that alligator coming and then the like hawk lion and stinker i was like oh gosh so i laughed so uh -huh. hard especially because like i was not <laughs> expecting it to be a joke i was expecting it to be like a moral lesson so because that's where my brain is of course so now i am gonna we are gonna talk about moral lessons but hopefully they'll also make people laugh <laughs> and we've got a theme for this episode which is the fox. And if you've listened to any of the other episodes, you know that the fox is one of my favorite characters or character types in the Aesop fables. It's just such a sassy, smart, tricksy little character. Yeah, so fox comes up 
so much as a character that like initially I had kind of thought for this episode, I was like, oh, we'll do more than just like Aesop fables with foxes. I'll look into like fox stories from like around the world. But like there is so much that we could say about foxes as like a topic and a character. So there are stories about foxes from all over the world. I was researching all of these like Japanese stories with foxes as a character, especially because there is a goddess um, that is like a fox. There's like all this like back history, like in Japan with the character of like fox or women who can change into foxes or how they're like tricksy and all this stuff. But yeah. there, there's also like Incan stories in Peru about foxes and the stars. And there's Inuit stories about foxes as characters. And then there's this whole like medieval beast tale called like the histories of Reinard the Fox. And that is like woven together into the Canterbury tales and Aesop fables so much to the point where I was basically like, okay, that is a someday full, huge episode yeah. topic. I'm um, excited. Yeah, but for today, yeah, Aesop Fables. Aesop Fables with the fox. And even like then, only a small portion of them, because there are so many. I remember you showing me your book oh with gosh. all the tabs in it, and it was just like, is every story in this book like have a fox in it or what? Because there's just like tabs everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually have a quote from this book called Animal Wisdom. It's by Jessica Dawn Palmer, and it says, Besides possibly wolf and swan, no other animal is so often commemorated in folk tales, almost always in the same context, as the elemental trickster, as one who can persuade even a mother bird to release its chicks to foxes less than tender ministrations. <laughs> that author, she was talking about folk tales, the giant topic where it's like wolf, swan, and fox are like some of the best ones. But inside of Aesop Fables, I don't think there is a character that's talked about as much as fox. And so the stories that we've picked out today, because it's like we've already seen in past episode Fox showing up in in different tales. And so, yeah, this is just a selection of foxy tales. So also in that quote, they mentioned that like Fox is a trickster. And what's so interesting about like a trickster character is that like there are stories where you are actively like rooting for that character, but then there's other stories where a trickster is like so cruel or like over the line that you just cannot cheer for them anymore. You're like, buddy, no. And so like what they do in these stories is they function as this way for people and like a personal sense, but also as like a society to kind of like puzzle out where that line is of acceptable behavior or like at what point we think somebody's like gone too far. Yeah. That is an interesting thing about the Fox that I feel like we haven't really experienced or discussed much in our talk of Apes Up Fables so far is that the Fox really fills both sides of that. Whereas like the wolf pretty much always bad. Yeah. Like Trixie, but not as clever as the fox, but it's like almost always trying to do something nefarious and harmful to someone else or something else. 
Yeah. Whereas the Fox, those there are cases where that is true. But then there's also cases where it's like, you really are, like you said, rooting for the Fox. Like the Fox is the main character. It's not like the antagonist. It's like the one that you're pulling for and rooting for. And it's like the one that you want to emulate. Yeah. But other times it's the one that you don't want to be like as well. So it's it's re- it's really interesting. And again, that's one of my reasons why I think it's my favorite character of the Aesop Fables because there is a little more nuance to it than some of the others. Yeah, it like opens up discussion to be about like, okay, how did we feel about the decisions that were made here? <laughs> like like cuz even sometimes when we're we're we like laugh at the end and we're like, "Oh yeah, like Fox totally got them that time or whatever." We still are like, "Uh, I don't know if I'm cool with that." Right. And and so it's interesting because like it just opens up discussion to talk about like okay, where where are we sitting on this line? Like where's our nuance thinking like on what just like took place? Yeah. And so I think like Fox automatically is going to end up leading to some really interesting discussions like for us today on the oh, definitely. episode. So, without further ado, Jeff is going to start us off with a really quick story, The Leopard and the Fox. So, the leopard, one day, within earshot of the fox, was very loudly praising his own beautiful spotted fur. And the fox, hearing this, takes it for himself to go up and is like, yeah, you are so handsome. That's true. But I am so much handsomer than even you. Because your beauty is of the body, and my beauty is of the mind. And the moral of that is, beauty is skin deep. That's one of those stories that it's it to me that's it's like classic Fox where it's just like just this little like quip of like, oh, you think it reminds me of one of our first episodes with like Aesop fables where like the the, fox and the actor. Yeah, where he like looks at the mask and he's like if he basically was like, there's no brains behind it, then it's like useless. Yeah. Which in this moment, I'm like starting to think like. Aesop really was like hammering home this like point of like beauty versus brains and how brains yeah. are more important, which like makes me wonder like was Aesop ugly? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking something similar, not that he was ugly, but you know how for example like Oscar Wilde. I love Oscar Wilde and his plays and just his, you know, quotes of him speaking as himself but when you read his plays you can see that there's a character and it's like oh this is just like oscar wilde saying what he wants to say and giving his own little commentary and in a way i kind of feel like in these situations the fox is kind of aesop projecting himself there as far as like he he obviously was very smart so i feel like he's kind of like I'm smart. Being smart is what you need to do, you know, and always making these like funny quips about that. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's kind of like a feeling that I get. Yeah. No, it's like I'm when like... Aesop wants to put Aesop in the story, he's doing it in the form of the fox. I love, I love how you mentioned like Oscar Wilde because I read back to back, like this was like in high school. I read back to back the picture of Dorian Gray and then a woman of no importance. Uh-huh. And there were like, there were straight up sections. That were the exact same like dialogue yeah. where I'm like, okay, obviously this is like just like a pet topic of Oscar Wilde's that he's like, and I'm going to put it in here too. So that's, <laughs> I like that you cited him because 
it is interesting that it's like, you know, when you see similar topics like come up several times in Aesop Fables, where it was like, okay, he like Aesop obviously really wanted people to like realize like beauty is like whatever, but like being intelligent or like whatever should be valued higher in his opinion than yeah than like looks because if you can't do anything with your beauty then what's the point but i would argue that there are things that you can do with beauty like get a man no yeah (laughs) or you know and you talk about like people just in general like in our society today there have been studies psychological studies that show that like when someone finds someone attractive they also tend to find that person to be more trustworthy, more likable, more honest, nice. You know what I mean? Like they tend yeah. to assign more positive characteristics to this person solely because they are good looking, which can be used for nefarious purposes. Or it can just be like, hey, like you've got this thing going on. You are good looking. People are going to assume these good things about you. Live up to that, you know, and then also yeah. Use that as a way to kind of get your foot in the door places or do whatever. But then you you have to be able to bring something else to the table beyond that. Because, again, I feel like it really only does get you in the door. Because people can find out pretty quickly whether you actually are trustworthy, kind, honest, and yeah. make change their judgment about you afterwards. Yeah. I mean, and, like, I feel like being aware of that, like knowing that that is just like psychologically something that people do where they're like, yeah, more trusting of people who they think are like more attractive or whatever, like being aware of that. And then like challenging that, like inside yourself being like, yeah, is the only check. Yeah. Whereas like, is the only reason why I'm doing this because of like this, uh, preconceived notion that I have or, uh, prejudice that like i have almost like second guessing it to verify you know it's like yeah believe but verify it's like okay i feel like this person is honest but there are reasons beyond them being a good person and probably being an honest person that would cause me to think that i need to just double check that that is actually the case yeah i mean like one thing that i like about this story is that like there was like one thing that I had read like online somewhere where somebody had like, you know, gone up to a person and been like, oh my gosh, like you're so attractive. And they were like, that is so weird for you to come up and like say that to a person because all you're really saying is like, congratulations on your face. Yeah. Congratulations on your genetics. Yeah. Congratulations on like your genetics coming together because it's, it's like, oh, I didn't earn any of that recognition. Yeah. As opposed to, like, a person who's, like, really smart or really talented, and then people are just like, oh, they're so pretty. Yeah. And it's like, okay, also I've done, like, all this other stuff, and it's, you know, ignoring it. And also people who are, like, less classically attractive, who work very, very hard to, like, in other parts of themselves, and then people are like, oh, it's a shame. Yeah, there's (laughs) such a tendency to judge so much based on looks that don't have anything to do with anything that are completely yeah. out of people's control. Whereas, you know, the types of things that we should be judging people on are their choices and the things that they do. Yeah. I mean, cause also where I see like a problem as well is that everybody is also born with like d- different. I mean, everybody's 
<laughs> born not very intelligent because we obviously <laughs> but you you'll understand what i mean Can't when i say like ourselves when we're born yeah where it's like everybody also has like different mental strengths or capabilities yeah and so i also think it is like you know rude of fox to basically be like oh you're beautiful but i'm intelligent and that's more important because that kind of also says anybody who's not as intelligent as me like, what's the point of you? And it's like, yeah. okay, people have a lot of, like, worth besides, like... Besides just that yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing that I was bringing up is, like, there's nothing in this story that shows that the leopard is not intelligent. Like, he could be very beautiful, but also very intelligent. And it's like, you yeah. think about leopards in general. Leopards actually, as animals, are fairly intelligent, great at, you know, stalking prey and... They're, they have lots of good qualities besides just being pretty to look at. And so yeah. in this case, too, Fox is just assuming that Leopard's not smart because he's bragging about how beautiful he is. But it's yeah. like, Leopard could be even smarter than the Fox. We don't know. Based on this story, especially, it's just like... Yeah. And also, it matters more what kind of, I think... I was going to say what kind of person you are. Obviously, we're talking about animals, animals but but also but but in the very real context of talking about you know people Aesop's through fables. animals, yeah. yeah. Like it matters very little to me how intelligent a person is if they are mean or cruel. Which yeah. in a lot of the stories, like Fox, is not what I would characterize as like a good person. He's not yeah. like caring, compassionate, forgiving, like the things that I personally like rank as what makes a person good and beautiful. It's like, okay, maybe he has like quote unquote, a beautiful mind, but like, does he have a beautiful soul? Yeah. Is he a person who adds value by like the care and compassion that he shows to others? Yeah, and that I feel not like so much. that shows I feel like my value systems difference between now right. and like two thousand years ago when yeah. <laughs> when these stories were like being written and circulated and whatnot. So. Yeah, it says it says a lot about you the way that you interpret and the way that you feel about the fox. And I was thinking one of the things that fox does exemplify that to me is the characteristic that I typically enjoy is like foxes pretty hilarious. Typically, yes. like he's yes. always got these funny quips, which again. Being funny is not necessarily the end all be all because if you're funny, but you use that funniness to just like constantly put people down and yeah. do that, then it's like that, you know, leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth as well, which is kind of what he's doing right here by being like, oh, your beauty's of the body, giving him somewhat of like a compliment, but being like, but mine's of the mind and that's way better and therefore I'm better than you. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So anyway. But yeah, I feel like that story is a good one to start off since it is, it's like this short little quippy one that like really shows us who we're working with. Yeah. And I just like that Leopard makes an appearance because I feel like Leopard is one of the the least often mentioned creatures Yeah, within these fables. That'd be true. That and like crabs. <laughs> is there a fable about a crab? We'll have to find out. Yeah, there are. I mean, not today. Not today. Crab episode coming soon. No, just kidding. <laughs> What's funny is like that might be in the episode I have on mothers. Oh, what about a crab? A crab mother. Oh. And her crab son. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> You're already like, oh yeah, when's the next first Friday Fable Fest? Yeah. No, and I was thinking for the next fifth Friday Fable Fest, it was going to be Aesop in Aesop's Fables. 
Oh, yeah. But, I mean, moms is also a topic that's on my list. Because, again, there's like hundreds of these stories. (laughs) So, there was once a lion, a donkey, and a fox that all decided that they were going to go out hunting together. Which I'm like... That's a really interesting setup for that donkey, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. So they went out hunting and they quickly found a stag, which is a male deer. And the lion quickly jumped on it, killed it. And after he'd killed it, he had said to the donkey, okay, now your job is going to be cutting it up into like three separate pieces For the three of us to eat. And so, which again, I don't, I don't know the physical, how this would happen, (laughs) but the, the donkey worked really hard to try to cut up the stag in three equal pieces for everybody. So obviously the lion was enraged when he saw the quantity that he was given because he felt like he deserved more. Of what Uh, was caught, which I can see why the lion would think that. Yeah. And so he, feeling disrespected, quickly jumped on the donkey and killed the donkey. And he ate all that he wanted to. And when he was done, the fox came over and just like nibbled a small piece of like what was left over. And the lion was impressed with his manners. And he, very (laughs) pleased with the fox, was like, Oh, you obviously have very good breeding. Tell me, sir, like, where did you learn your politeness? And the fox replied, to tell you the truth, sir, I was taught it by the donkey that lies right there. (laughs) And the moral of that story is better to learn by the misfortunes of others than by your own. That's a great one. And that is a good moral that matches very well with the story. Yes, it does. I love that. And it's like typical Fox fashion of like, you know, making the funny little quip about what we've all just seen, you know, because like you don't even need the moral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that one communicates it so clearly that it's like redundant just to say that at the end. Yeah. Whereas some of these, it's like they you're like, oh, we need the moral to kind of figure out what exactly we're supposed to be focusing on there. But Fox is pretty good about telling us the moral in a fun, funny way within the story itself. This one it reminds me a lot of the one that we told in the last episode that was the lion, the wolf, and the fox, where like Fox was is very good at like reading a room like reading yeah. like the situation and like looking at what other people are doing before he kind of picks you know what he is going to do yeah and we see like in this story that you know fox is just looking at what is going on interpersonally between the donkey and the lion and seeing what the donkey gets in trouble for and then making sure he's not going to get in trouble for doing that same thing. And it's also interesting to me that lion because of like his power and privilege is like, so kind of like unaware that he is like projecting so much of like his stuff where he kind of is like, like, Oh, where did you learn how to be so polite? And it's like, um, cause I'm terrified of getting 
eaten by you. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like oh, you're like you're so like well behaved. Like yeah, because I don't want to get my head bit off. Yeah, yeah. Like lion's like a little bit oblivious too. They're kind of opposites. Like <laughs> lion does not read the room very well because he doesn't have to because he's always in charge of it, and it's like everyone no. bases how they behave off of him. Whereas like the fox, he's smaller. But he's still a predator and a carnivore, you know, so he still has to have some of that, like, assertiveness. But because he is smaller, has to do it in a way that is more, you know, clever or sneaky or whatever the case may be. And yeah. this is a good one, too, where I think, like, we can totally be like, yes, the fox is who we want to be like. That is yeah. a good lesson for us to learn as far as sit back, read the room, yeah. see what's going on, learn from other people's mistakes that they have made so that you don't make them yourself. Yeah. Social, social adaptability. Yeah. And I think, especially too, when you think about the lion is typically kind of like, you know, when there's a story where these animals are like split into hierarchies, like the lion is often the king, like in the other story in the the episode that we read, it was like the lion was the king and the the lion king. (laughs) Obvious. But that's kind of the, you know, that's how it happens. It's like the fox is teaching us a very good way to behave around people who are higher in status than we are. Seeing how they treat other people, seeing how that person responds to how other people treat them, and then acting accordingly. Yeah, I mean, just now you kind of made me think about the, in popular media and stuff there's this like idea of like oh when you walk into the prison yard you go up to like the biggest scariest person there and like you punch them in the face like like that thing i mean but like in these stories what we like see most often is it is much more to your advantage to sit back watch see who is the biggest most powerful person in the yard right and then Get on their good side, not by punching them in the face, but like whatever you need to do to just be like, hey, look at me. Like, I'm easy to be around. I like, Uh oh, you like to eat my pudding? That's fine. I want you to eat my pudding. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want it anyway. Yeah. Like they offer they offer the pudding before the person even comes to like be like, hey, give me your pudding or I'm going to beat you up in the shower or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I I I don't know why I just like suddenly got very tickled by like the idea of like some like big macho man being like, "Give me your pudding snack cup." <laughs> like I want a snack pack pudding. Like oh, but that so something that I love about the fox character is that he so often does seem to like exemplify social adaptability or yeah. like his ability to. Yeah, read a situation, and then he always acts in a way that, like, is very self-serving. Right. Which is sometimes, like, eh, that's not good. But, yeah, he is just very good at looking at a situation and trying to work that situation to his advantage. Right, and even being self-serving, it results in actions that are good. You know what I mean? Like, pleasing the lion. Like, that's a good thing for himself, but also a good thing for the lion. Like he's treating the lion how the lion would like to be treated. Yeah. But but because it's always based on his own self-interest, that's why sometimes he does things that are good for other people and sometimes he doesn't. It's only when doing good for someone else 
is also good for him, that he'll yeah. do something good for someone else. You yeah. know, like if it's not, he's probably not going to do it. He'll find some other way to weasel yeah. out of it. So now Jeff is going to tell us the story of the fox and the rooster. So a fox was passing by a farm early one morning when he got caught in a trap that was specifically set out for the purpose of catching foxes. And off of the distance, there was a rooster and the rooster saw what happened. But he was curious to investigate further, but also very wary of keeping his distance from the fox, because he knew that the fox is often a pretty dangerous foe for a rooster. You know, the fox in the hen house is a phrase for a reason. <laughs> so the, the rooster approaches him and he starts asking him like, hey, what happened? And the fox sees him and he's like, oh, my dear cousin, <laughs> this is just an unfortunate accident that's gotten me in this situation. It's like, and I was doing it on your behalf. I was here going through the hedge on my way home, when I heard you crow and I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen Rooster in a while. I'm going to go in, ask after him, ask after his health, see how he's doing. And because I was on my way to visit you and see how you were doing, I got caught in this trap. <laughs> so if you would do me the teensiest, tiniest little favor and just run to the house and bring me a stick, I could pop the stick into this trap and maybe free myself from its grip. I think that would be great. And you know what? I would never forget that kindness that you would do to me. So the rooster runs off, and he comes back, but not with a stick. He comes back carried in the hand of the farmer, who he told this entire story to. And the farmer, it says, quote, lost no time in putting it out of Master Fox's power to do any harm for the future. A.K.A. he straight up murked that fox. <laughs> And the moral is, use discrimination in your charities. So this one I thought was really interesting just because it is like, the fox is a very tricky character, but he doesn't always get away with it. Yeah. There are times when like the animals are like, okay, listen, <laughs> I don't trust you. Yeah. The moral is like so interesting to me that it is like, be careful who you do charities for. I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, one thing I make of it is I have had situations that have come up where there are people who are apparently in distress. Like one specific instance, there was a guy who like stopped me when I was out somewhere and he was having car trouble. And he was like, oh, we just need money to get my car fixed. And whatever he's like i know the part that i need but i just was at this auto store and they don't have it i just i've got a friend in another place he's gonna bring me it but i just need the money to pay him back for the part which seems like oh yeah you know like i have you know 25 bucks or whatever he's asking for for the part for this car but you know you had this like kind of weird feeling about it. i was like well i'm not gonna do that the car was still running and i was like well i can give you some gas like so you can go meet your friend you know, like we can go to a different auto store and see if they have it. I'd be happy to buy the part. But it's like I kind of don't want to just give you money because I had like a weird feeling about it. Yeah. And he was being all like shady about it, you know. And like so I ended up following him to go put some gas in his tank. And his car, he was telling me, he was like, I'm running on fumes. I'm trying to get home. You know, it's like just 100 miles from here whatever. But I start going and putting gas. He puts gas in his car. And like 
after like 10 seconds of like filling up, it stops automatically. Yeah. And so he starts giving me the story of like, oh yeah, like I just welded like a piece of metal in like the place where you put the gas in. So like, that's why it's stopping. You know, it's like this weird problem. And it's like, dude, why would you be welding a piece of metal yeah, inside like, of your gas tank? Buddy, like, no. you know, so it's like this person's trying to scam me. Like, why am I going to spend any more time doing something nice for this person that is just out there being a predator on other people going around and trying to just trick people out of money by using sympathy. In this case, the fox really was in trouble, but the moral is kind of still the same. Maybe he wouldn't have killed that rooster for setting him free in that chance, but you're letting this fox and this dangerous person go free to potentially go and get into the hen house and kill some of the hens that are near you or cause all sorts of other trouble. Yeah. Because, like, I think it's, it's, like, it's such an interesting moral because, like, it, it is so nuanced because, like, there are times in life where if you are a kind-hearted person, your inclination is to help somebody. Yeah. But when they're in a good position, their inclination is to hurt people. Yeah. And so it's, like, even if you were, like, oh, I want to help this person, like, advance in their career or something. And then you let do a favor for them, put in a good word or whatever to help advance them in their career. And then they use that advancement to then, yeah, you know, lay you off or like rip apart the department that you're working in or like make your life like more difficult. And so it's like there are people that you're like, I don't necessarily think you should be in a better position than yeah. like the one that you are. I liked your story that you told just because it does like it illustrates that like as much as you wanted to give a kindness to a person, you yeah. wanted to help them in a way that was actually helpful, but then it turns out that like they probably did not truly need your help and you weren't yeah. helping them in the way that they said. Therefore, they were like frustrated with you for like yeah. not and just did, giving like, them money. Yeah, it got very irate that I'm like, I'm going on my way to drive with you to a gas station. And I think that's yeah. part of the discrimination too. You know, it's like where possible for myself, I don't like to just give people money because again, there's tons of people that are just like, asking for money when they don't really need it because they know that they can prey on kind-hearted people. Like, I happen to be coming out of a church and they happen to be sitting in the parking lot of this church, you know, preying on my Christian kindness, I guess, or whatever. You know, so it's like, but you can be discriminating even in a situation like I got the feeling early on that this was all a scam. Yeah. But I was still willing, willing to be like, okay, maybe it's a scam. Maybe it's not. I'll help them in a way that I feel comfortable with. Yeah. Anyway, so it doesn't mean like whether you help someone or not, but also the way in which you help someone. Yeah. Like it doesn't always mean you have to give them exactly what they want, but, you know, be discerning about who you give charity to, what you give them in charity. Yeah. Because, I mean, what's interesting is that there's there's also the story of inside of Aesop's fable of like we've talked about this before. It's a famous one, the lion and the mouse, where yeah. the lion he spares the life of the mouse. And then later when he gets caught in a trap, the mouse does him a solid and like lets him out. And that was like a situation where it was like in that story, the lion obviously in a position of power and not seeing how the mouse could ever repay that. He still was willing to help because he's like, you know what? I don't, there's this would not hurt me in any way to give this kindness. Yeah. 
And it ends up helping him. So it's like, I know that like Aesop's fables aren't like anti-charity or like anti-kindness. This really is like, it's interesting because it's one that like is talking about that, that specific area of charity where it's like, are you helping somebody to your own detriment? Yeah. Or the detriment of someone else. Yeah. The detriment of someone else. Because like you had said, like, okay, maybe Fox wouldn't have killed the rooster because of that but rooster knows that once fox is out he is probably gonna go and kill the chickens yeah and if rooster is a character who unlike fox thinks about other people (laughs) and how actions will affect like other people he's going to be like no because even if you spare my life i know you're just gonna go on to like sneak into the hen house again and like kill my lady friends Yeah. One thing that I think is interesting about this, too, that I don't know how intentional it is or not, but the rooster goes off and tells someone else the story. And then that person, the farmer in this case, is the one that makes the decision. So I I relate this back to when you if you go back to our very first Aesop's Fables episode that wasn't a Fifth Friday Fable Fest where we're just talking about the origin of Aesop and Aesop's Fables, where the purpose of lots of these was not like to teach children lessons about life, but it was to teach leaders lessons that could be applied in politics. And sometimes that might mean someone is presenting you with this deal, the situation that seems good, like, oh, I could help someone out, but you got to go back to your leader or someone that's wiser that can see the picture more fully than you can to have them make the decision and come back and do what they feel is going to be appropriate. I like that you pointed that out cuz yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of that like myself, but like that's true that he like went and basically like got a second opinion <laughs> of like He was like <laughs> went to the person I hear your offer. Let me go see what the farmer thinks yeah, about this cuz it's his chickens that are yeah. that are in danger after all. Because I think like I mean that that speaks to like Having friends around that can also give like good counsel and good advice because like maybe Rooster was like, "Ah, I don't know. Let me ask my buddy who might be able to like see this more clearly than me. And I think like, yeah, there is something to be said for having like another person like around that you can like turn to and lean on for like definitely advice. Yeah, I like that that I didn't tie it back into that part is again bringing it back to the personal level <laughs> yeah you i mean yeah you you went military style where yeah you're like, like, and then you brought it back to the personal but that's really yeah. good because i've experienced that like on both sides like i've been in need of someone like that can see the situation more clearly than me and they give me really good advice and they're like hey that's probably not something that you want to do yeah not just about charity but you know what i mean and i've also yeah. been that person with someone else like they come to me and they're like hey this is what I'm thinking about the situation with this person. And I can be the one to be like, okay, let me tell you, I understand the situation that you're in and I can see how it's not going to be so dangerous for you. I understand why you want to maybe help this person out or do whatever you're thinking about doing, yeah. but it's probably not going to be the best, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it really is applicable to, yeah, to life. No, and I think about like the friends that I have who I'm, I'm not saying I have like good boundaries or perfect like boundaries uh with like the people in my life but like i know people who have even worse boundaries where (laughs) like they they've ingrained this like this message of like 
I need to give completely of myself to other people, like no right. matter what. And like they they really do need to have that like that farmer friend who's like, okay, no, listen. This is where you need to establish. Yeah, this is where you need to establish a boundary. Like that person, they're asking you to do this thing for them, but you know their nature. You know how they've behaved in the past and how they will likely behave in the future. You have got to put a boundary here. Definitely. And it like it it's good to have those friends who can like point that out to you. Or if you're saying like, am I being selfish for like thinking like that this would be bad? Like, it's always good to have like that second opinion of a person who's going to be like, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So now I'm going to tell the story of the Fox and the woodcutter. Uh, I'm surprised how often woodcutters come up. in these. Yeah. There's just a ton of people cutting wood in, in this day and age. This guy didn't lose his axe, though. He's just, like, out there, (laughs) fully in control of his axe. That's good. Yeah. So, there was once a woodcutter who was out in the woods. Guess what he was doing, Jeff? Cutting wood. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, that is exactly what he's doing. So, he's out there, like, you know, chopping wood, getting stuff put together, his just daily life stuff. And then, like, a fox runs by him. And the woodcutter asks, like, Fox, what's wrong? And Fox is like, I'm being chased by a huntsman. I need your help. And the woodcutter was like, oh, yeah, sure. You can hide in the little shed that I've, like, built for myself to sleep while I'm out here. And the fox was like, oh, thank you so much. And he runs in and he hides. So pretty soon the huntsman comes up and he was like, have you seen a fox pass by here? And the woodcutter said, no, I haven't seen any fox run past here. But at the same time that he said that, he pointed right directly at the shed where the fox was. Oh, man. But the huntsman did not take the hint. (laughs) And so he was like, oh, okay. And then ran off. So once the huntsman was out of the way, Fox climbed out of the shed that he was hiding and started to like run off. And the woodcutter was like, oh, you haven't any manners. Weren't you going to thank me for helping you? (laughs) And the fox, who had seen everything as well as heard what was said, he said, yes, I would have the manners to say thank you. If your deeds had been as honest as your words. Oh. It says, sincerity is shown by the heart. Which I'm like, that's, again, (laughs) like you had said, like, you're like, Fox is a little better at stating, like, the moral that then, like, when they put a moral at the end, it's, like, weird. Because I think, you know, instead of, like, sincerity is shown by the heart, I think it should be saying, like, sincerity is shown by words and actions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically what Fox had said is like, I yeah, would thank you if exactly. your deeds had matched your words. Yeah, I was wondering where this is going because I was like, oh, man, is this just going to be one about where like a huntsman just like straight up kills the fox and it's like, uh, don't be a jerk and like rat out your friends or something. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> uh, so I was like, but I was waiting because I was like, the fox is clever. The fox is going to have something clever happen. So I'm glad that it did. Yeah, that it was like the huntsman. Good thing he was, you know, not very smart. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because he, or, or rather, he believed the words of the woodcutter. Right. Which, yeah, both the fox and the huntsman believed the words of the uh-huh. the woodcutter. But yeah, not realizing that like the woodcutter in this story was the one who was a little sneaky. Yeah, and and dishonest. But yeah, it's just like there are a lot of people in life who will like feed you flattering words. Coming at this from like a military perspective, especially or like when we're talking about like dealing in court and stuff, where it's like when you're dealing with like politics and politicians, you might hear a lot of words that sound like very, very nice to you that you're like, oh, that would be great. That sounds really marvelous. But then when it comes down to the actions, you can see through the actions that like those words were never meant sincerely. Right. Yeah. And so to be wary of that. The other thing I like about this too, where we can emulate the fox in our lives is also calling people out on their like hypocrisies and their bad behavior, you know? And it was like, especially like the... The woodcutter like was like, hey, you're kind of rude. And it's like, actually, uh, I wasn't rude. You were the one that was rude. Yeah. You tried to wrap me out and get me killed. So I would thank you if there's anything to thank you for. You know, <laughs> and it's like, it's appropriate to call people out on their bad behavior. Yeah. Sometimes it's dangerous to call people out on their bad behavior. And so sometimes it is, you know, better to try to like just get away, slink away from that yeah. person, not saying anything. Which is what he was trying Which to is do what he was trying until to do. he was confronted. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, we want to be honest about <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're just saying our honest thoughts about people now. <laughs> like, like, I think you're being a little rude. Like, oh, okay. Here's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, both of those things are really good. It's like in those situations, sometimes it's best to just get yourself out of there, like you said. But it's kind of interesting, too, because that goes back to, like, the boundaries again, too, being like, hey, I didn't appreciate the things that you did. I didn't appreciate that your actions were not in line with your words. I trusted you, and you were going to betray me. Yeah. I like that story. I wish we had more to say on it, but I feel like... I know. It's too good. It's like, it ties it up so nicely. Yeah, it's like, oh, that just, it's just, it speaks on its own, and so it's like, nice. So now Jeff's going to tell us the story of foxes and the river. So more than one fox now. Yeah, this was interesting just in that, like going into being like, oh, there's multiple foxes. How are foxes going to be interacting with one another? Which I'll just let you know right now. I got my hopes really high up about that, but it's not as exciting as it might seem. Wow. I mean, the story's still great, but it's just like, wow. as far as like getting clever people, like trying to out clever each other, that's kind of the way I thought it was going to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the way it went at all. So what happened was, so what had happened was. So what had happened? <laughs> there were a bunch of foxes assembled on the bank of a river and they wanted to get a drink. But the current of the river was so strong and the water looked so deep and it was looking pretty dangerous. None of them really like dared to actually go to the edge to try to drink but all the other foxes trying to like suss out the situation are like hey why don't you go take a drink i was like i'm not gonna take a drink why don't you take a drink so at last one of them is like okay you bunch of wimps i'm gonna go show off my bravery (laughs) and i'm not gonna be afraid i'm gonna step right into the water and get a drink so he does he steps right into the water 
But just as he does, the strong current sweeps him off his feet and sends him down the river. And the others saw him being carried down. They're like, wait, no, don't go. Don't leave us. It's like, come back. We need to know where we can drink safely. But as he's like being carried off into the distance, he says, oh, sorry, afraid I can't. I want to go to the sea. And this current's going to take me there real quick. So when I come back, I'll definitely show you where's a good and safe place to get some water. And the moral is... The boastful present their misfortune as their advantage. (laughs) I absolutely love this story because of, I feel like I've seen a lot of people in politics in the last like several years that like they will mess something up or something will get botched or like whatever. They'll mess something up, but then they'll try to play it off like, Oh, no, I definitely meant to do that. And I'm like, dude, just own it. Like, there, it's, like, so weak to yeah. not be able to, like, admit when you messed up. When it yeah. was like, wow, I was. But, I mean, again, that's like he was so prideful at the beginning being like, oh, oh I'll show you guys. That he, that he like, off, like, nope, this is totally what I meant to do. Yep, like, I definitely meant to do this. I wanted to get swept out to sea. <laughs> I haven't been to yeah. the beach in a while. Like, wow. Yeah, and it's like, that's not doing a service to them, you know, by no. doing that. Because it's just like, like, oh, wait, it's not safe after all. Guess I made a mistake. It's like people, my other foxes might be like, oh, we want to go to the sea too. Bloop, and like, jump in, you know. And it's like, oh, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? And it's like. Yeah, apparently. But no, like, I I like that that is, like, foxes all together. Because presumably it's like they all kind of have the same faults yeah. in, in the story. That, like, like, inside of these stories, people who have the same traits are usually, like, lumped together. Right. Because I feel like if the story was called, like, the sheep and the fox, and, like, the, that, the fox had, like, fallen in... Then the sheep would have been like, oh, yeah, they I'll would jump have followed and you. Like, yeah. And they'd drown or something. Yeah. Like, it would be bad. Because they would have like followed this like stupid leader. Yeah. There's kind of two ways to look at this, I think. And one is the, the more intended way of being able to recognize when someone is, because in this situation, it's obvious that that's not what he wanted to do. And just to be like, oh, yeah, like this boastful person, they can't admit that what they did was a mistake. They can't admit that they made a mistake. And to see that and know that about these types of people, so you can still know for a surety for yourself that that was a mistake and I should not follow their lead. Yeah. The other situation, which is not actually what's going on here, but it's like there is something to say about making the best of your misfortune. like. Yeah, you fell into the river, but it's like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just use this as an opportunity to go and see the sea. You know, like, yeah. you're not going to get a very good drink of water at the sea. Salt water is not great for quenching that thirst. Yeah. Again, that's not the meaning of the of the fable, but it's yeah. like, that that could be a positive trait as far as something unfortunate happens, but still making the best of the situation. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliant because there is definitely something to be said for that of being like, okay. I messed up, but the good thing that's going to come out of this is blank. Because sometimes there is like something that it's like, oh, I accidentally 
stumbled into this, but that's now opened this opportunity for this other thing to yeah. like happen. But I think like to see things that way, it still is like you have to have like a certain amount of like vulnerability about yeah. say, being like, oh, this wasn't what I intended. You have to you have to acknowledge the fact that it was unfortunate and it was a mistake, but yeah. that you are making the best of it. Yeah. There's another part of me that reads this Again, totally beyond, I'm sure, what the intention is. But because it's all a group of foxes, and like you pointed out, they all have similar traits. Like, they know one another. They seem like they're kind of a group. It's one of the situations where it's like your friend is trying to be real brave and do something. And then they, like, you know, mess up. And you're all kind of laughing at them. Like, you know that's not what they intended. You know that they know. And they're trying to play it off. And you're like... Oh no, don't leave us. We need you to show us where we can get some water. You know, like they're like ragging on him and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to save face by being like, oh no, I'm just going to go to the beach. Ha ha ha. Like and laughing it off, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, cause like, uh, like that, that's more, I think in line with like my humor. It's like when somebody you're like having like a barbecue or picnic or whatever, and somebody like spills like a glass of cold water on themselves and you're like, oh yeah. no, you spilled. And they're like, oh no, I was just getting hot. Yeah. And like you know they're joking. They yeah, know like you know. Yeah, like everyone knows that it's yeah, all like a joke. Yeah, like everyone knows you spilled a glass of something like on your pants, but you're playing yeah. it off as like it's not what you're basically saying is like okay, yeah, I messed up, but like it's not a big deal. Nobody you like there's no need to fuss about it. Like it's fine. Right. Yeah, and I I, I, I yeah, I'm I that same way too. I appreciate that of like, <laughs> oh no, I didn't spill. I Well, no, what I love is also like you know how like when you're in high school and you accidentally like get like water either in the bathroom or at the water fountain, like on your crotch. And so then Uh you feel like you have to for sure, make sure everybody knows like, Oh, I spilled water on myself. I, this, I spilled water. This is water. This is like doing that. What I love is to just be like, yeah, I peed my pants. Yeah. Because then people are like, wait, what? Because (laughs) like, why would you like, why would you say the thing that they're the most worried about? Right. You're like preempting it. Like you're making it impossible for them to make fun of you by just addressing it yourself. Yeah. Which I think is kind of like a wise strategy. I I do something similar, but I'll do like a thing of like, I don't know, maybe I splash myself. Like I I might splash myself in the sink or maybe I peed myself. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Like, it's too hard to tell, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like and I love that because it's a thing too where it's like you acknowledge the mistake that was made in a humorous way. Yeah. And it's a good way of like, again, being humble acknowledging the mistake but then also playing it off and being like it's not actually that big of a deal it'll be okay and then maybe making the best of it like you said with the spilling something when it's a hot day like yeah well at least i'm gonna cool off now you yeah. know like finding that silver lining which it almost seems like that's what the fox is doing because he's like oh i'm gonna spend a nice day by the sea yeah and like to me it read more as like him kind of being like Okay, obviously. <laughs> well, because I love how they're like, you know, calling out to him being like, like, wait, come back. He's like, nope, not yet. He's like, no. Like, oh, no, I'm going to go down to the sea. When he's like, obviously, I can't get back to you. I'm going like, I'm being swept down yeah, the river. Yeah, like the like, current sweeping me down the Yeah, like you guys way. sort it out while I deal with this problem that I like have now. Yeah, and it's in keeping with the Fox's character to have said something like kind of sarcastic and silly like Yeah, that. yeah. It's not a stretch to read it that way, even though I still kind of don't think that's the intended, yeah, you know, yeah. meaning of it. But Especially it's, like, it's like, definitely not a know, stretch. Like, it fits the character. Yeah, with, like, the stated moral that, like, goes, like, with it, it's, 
it's a little more obvious that like, yeah, he's trying to pretend that what happened to him was something that he intended all along, which like, I, I get frustrated with people like that because it really is like, Hey, we're all human. We all, we're all human. It's a fox. Oh God. (laughs) Everyone knows what I mean. These stories are about human nature. Yeah. Like these stories are about human nature. Um, not Fox nature, but it's, it's like everybody messes up. Like everybody makes mistakes, everybody sometimes. And like, you need to take those opportunities when they come to you as like, okay, obviously this is a humbling moment. And like yeah. one thing that I appreciate that's, I, I I feel like it's vulnerability is being shown more as like a good character trait like something to be valued more currently like in our society because it's like i Brene brown oh yeah i'm like love Brene brown yeah yeah, i'm like i'm pretty sure there's like a book that has the word vulnerability like in the title that she's like Uh all i can think of right now is like daring greatly which i know yeah that's that's the one that i've read yeah because i'm like is that the one that's about vulnerability i don't know but she's written several books vulnerability it is about vulnerability yeah and like vulnerability is something that she talks about all the time is like a powerful like trait to have and so i feel like right now uh, like in our culture there is a lot of talk about like vulnerability and how it is a strength and so like in that story i can like really see how Fox is afraid to show vulnerability because it, right. he thinks, oh, it'll show like my weakness. And we, and maybe in the society that this story was written in and made in, that's true because there's something to be said about the history of like toxic masculinity and that like being seen as strong was more important than like being vulnerable. Being vulnerable right. is something that right now is being highly valued. So I understand that like when this story was written, yeah. People had different values. But yeah, to me, this story like really highlights that like being vulnerable is valuable. Being like, hey, I messed up. It's like it 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 would not hurt the fox anymore. In fact, it would probably help him if he quickly was like, guys, I'm being swept downstream. Can somebody please like help yeah, me out? Come help me. Yeah. But if he's like, he's so concerned with being seen as strong. Yeah. And never wrong. Then he will get swept all the way down to sea before anybody tries to help him because he's saying I'm fine. And they're like, oh, okay. Then you're yeah. not a, currently a priority. And so, yeah, like, this story ends up being like a story to me about like the importance of vulnerability. Yeah. And me too. That's cause that's something that I'm, you know, working on. So it obviously it's something that stands out to me. Cause it's like, I'm looking for those opportunities for myself. And I see how in this situation, that opportunity would have benefited him more than what he ultimately decided to do. Yeah. And again, like, I don't know if I like fully articulate this point that it's like, everybody messes up every human alive will mess up at some point doing something and so there's like so much like understanding and empathy and grace that like people are like willing to give when you just outright say i messed up i was overconfident that i could do this thing and i was wrong and i just i feel like i have so many people in my life that when I say stuff like that, they are very much like, oh, yeah, like, no, no problem. Obviously, we've we've all messed up sometimes. We've all, like, done stuff. And 
Like maybe in the society where that story was being written, there's not that where it'd be like, whoa, he admitted that he messed up. Therefore, now we're going to treat him like garbage. Yeah. But like today, I feel like there are so many more people who, when they see that vulnerability, are more likely to like see you more compassionately and kindly. Yeah, for sure. Good. I'm glad we had this very important discussion. (laughs) So the last story that I'm going to tell today, and again, this by no means exhausts all of the Fox stories that are inside of Aesop's Fables, but the last one I'm going to tell is the fox and the cat. So there was one day a fox and a cat that were traveling together. And it says, as they were walking in like the tediousness of the walking, they had fallen to moralizing, which I'm like, oh, yeah, I also have very philosophical discussions when I'm like on a road trip. (laughs) So Fox said, of all the moral virtues, mercy is surely the noblest. And then he asked his friend Kat what what cat thought and cat said undoubtedly nothing is more becoming in a creature of any sensibility than compassion so they you know talked about mercy and compassion and how important those two things were and as they were walking along complimenting each other on their you know very high morals uh suddenly they saw a wolf dart out from the woods and jump onto a nearby sheep and like grab it kill it oh and gosh. start to devour it and they were they both were like oh such horrible cruelty and then they're like why doesn't he feed on vermin instead of making his barbarous meals on something so innocent so i guess they were like vermin aren't innocent lambs are or sheep are innocents i guess i don't that that's their philosophizing so you know they both discuss as they walk what they had seen and how horrified they all were and as they're walking they come upon a a farmhouse cottage and then outside they see a rooster strutting around and quickly Fox takes off and grabs the rooster and kills it and then cat sees a mouse dash by and he goes and he grabs the mouse and they both sit and rip apart and devour the creatures in front of them. And the moral of that is it is a common habit to talk of what is right and good and to do what is quite the reverse. (laughs) And like, I just like how it's like people in theory might have these like very like, high morals they might feel like oh yeah no i'm i'm very a very moral person i'm very virtuous but then when it comes down to it it might be less so yeah it's it's easier to talk the talk than it is to walk the walk i really like this because i think everybody in their minds can think of like what the right thing to do or what the wrong thing to do is and they think that they know how they would react in difficult situations or like, uh-huh. and sometimes it really is like, you don't know until right. you're until like you're faced with moment. it. Yeah. And then you find out what kind of person you are and maybe, 
Maybe you're who you always imagined that you were. Maybe you find out that you have like work that you need to do on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I feel like very strongly, very personally, because fortunately I don't have to be put in situations like some of the things that I think about, like these moral conundrums that may come up. But I think the, I'm also the, very the tro- aware. Like the trolley problem. Where yeah, it's like, exactly. Oh, would you let 10 people get hit by a trolley or would you let one person get hit by a trolley? But the one person is somebody that you know, like, what's the right yeah. and what's the right way? Well, yeah. And there's also like that whole idea of like inaction or action. Like you inact, like by doing nothing, more people die. But by doing something, someone dies. But it's like you're making the choice for that person to die. Whereas like if you don't do anything, you're kind of like, I didn't do anything. But it brings up this whole like, at what point do you have to do something? Yeah. You know, it just the trolley problem brings up lots of really good points to think on. And I feel like this story is the same way. It's like, yeah, when the chips are down, are you actually going to do what you what you said you're going to do? And I feel like thinking about that ahead of time as well and realizing i think it's more dangerous to think like yeah if i'm in that situation i'm totally going to make the right decision what i feel like is the moral thing to do i think you're setting yourself up for failure if that's the way you think i think you have a better chance of actually doing what's right if you recognize ahead of time like yeah that would be a really difficult situation i don't know if i would be able to do the right thing or not like i think it helps you think about it in a different way that helps you actually get yourself to the point of being able to make a right decision. You know, if you, if you're just like, Oh, if I was in that decision, I would make the right, I would make the right choice. Like you don't think about it. And then when all these complicating factors come up, when you're actually in the thick of it, you're paralyzed thinking about all these other factors. Yeah. Because you just assumed that you would be able to do the right thing. You didn't think it through. Yeah. I mean, and kind of work through it ahead of time. When I'm looking at, bystander training where they are like look at all the people who are standing by when like this thing happened what kind of person would you be i do think like it's very helpful to be thinking about that when you're not in the situation to be like if i saw somebody like fall over or if i saw somebody attacking another person or being in this confrontation like what would i do it's better to think about it like ahead of time yeah of like what would I do? And it's not its not helpful what the fox and the cat were doing of saying like, oh, obviously I would be a person who would be like on the front lines or I would be like, no, really sit and think about what would stop you from doing the right thing? Where do you think like the boundary of like where you would hesitate? Why would you hesitate? Like thinking through those things and acknowledging maybe like the shadow parts of you that maybe aren't aren't good acknowledging those looking at how those would play a part in the situation can help you so that if you were ever in that situation you've already kind of thought about you know the contingency and then it's like and then see what kind of person you are then yeah because there it's like there there might not be a way to know until like you're in it but it helps to think about what you would do but not if you're just gonna assume like oh obviously i would always do the right thing because it's like yeah "Mm, there's a point to where i do not think i would do the right thing yeah and it's not so simple especially when you're in the moment to be like oh this is the right thing to do there's so many complicating factors like if there's someone literally attacking someone 
like, yeah, we all would like to think that we'd be the one to like rush up and start beating that person with a skateboard. Yeah. But it's like, there's also something to be said for preserving yourself. Yeah. And it's not just like attacking, you know, like fighting back against that person or not. There's lots of other things that you can do in a situation that can de-escalate be helpful. Or be help- yeah, yeah, de-escalate and be helpful in a way that you are capable of being helpful. Yeah. Like with the type of person that you are. Yes. One of the things that my sister and I, like a, I think it was like probably like a year and a half ago, we had taken my two kids out on a hike with us. And this is what complicated the issue for me is that I had two small children with me and we were hiking. And my son, who at the time was like five years old, Uh he was walking like ahead of us. And I heard like a growling in the bushes and I knew what it could be. It was either a cougar or it was a bobcat. Those are the the animals that growl where I'm at. Uh And I immediately was like to my son, like walk back to me while I like walked forward. Cause what I wanted to have happen was if an animal hopped out of the bushes in that moment. I wanted to make sure I was either as close to that animal before it got to my kid. Yeah. Or I was between the animal, my kid. So it's like, I closed the space between us, made sure because in my head, what immediately happened was I was like, I need my son to get as quickly as he could back to where my sister and his little sister were because I was going to murder whatever animal was like about to come out. Uh-huh. And luckily the animal, like an- those two animals, they don't want to fight us either. Yeah. Whatever he had gotten close to, which the park ranger said, most likely it was like a bobcat because it was in uh-huh. the middle of their mating season. Mm. And also when they're more likely to be out during the daytime because it since it was fall, it gets darker, like dust comes like earlier and the good so right. small animals are out. But anyway, so it's probably a bobcat. But like in my mind, I was already thinking about like, okay, I am going to like kill this animal. And it was like the <laughs> gotta fight yeah, a cougar yeah. to the death. But if my sister had not been there with me, which it was funny because my sister also had the exact same thought that she was going to strangle the bobcat. Like she was like, I'm going to start screaming and I'm going to strangle it. Like with this sweater that she had, like she was like getting ready. She was like, Oh, let it come out. Cause she wanted me to escape with the kids. But I was thinking like, I'm closest to this thing. I'm going to kill it while she escapes with the kids. Either way, because there was another adult there, someone was going to escape with the kids. The, the thing that was the most important was the escape with the kids, the safety of the kids. And so I know for a fact that like my reaction would have been different if my children had not been with me or if my sister had not been with me and it was just like me and my kids. And it's like, it's stuff like that where it's like, you don't know what way something is going to like present itself. Cause it's like, if I'm at a picnic with my children and somebody with a knife suddenly like comes out, I'm probably not going to be the person that's going to like 
hit them with a skateboard or like disarm them in some way. I'm going to run with my children as quickly as I can and not care about anybody else in the vicinity of me. Yeah. And I think that's important too. Like, again, it's knowing yourself and then being able to get yourself to be comfortable with that. Where if you just assume that you're going to like be the hero and then you let yourself down in the moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, I just ran away. Like what a coward. It's like, you need, when you think it through ahead of time, you can realize like, this is the right thing for me to do to help these kids. Like, yes, horrible things happen because I didn't do more, but it's like, but you can't necessarily always be expected to do more. Again, it's not this purely black and white thing. You need to do what's best for you and your family and then the other people around you in the situation as you can. And you can't necessarily help everyone. Yeah. And it really is like, instead of like Fox and Cat who are very much like, oh yeah, like we have very high moral superior thinking and like, oh, we're very high minded. We would never do anything like cruel or like whatever. It's like, no, you need to examine like the shadow parts of you that aren't good. We all have parts of ourselves that are not good. (laughs) Like what is so great about Aesop Fables is it like open up like a way for you to Look at those parts of yourself because like not everybody is purely fox or purely sheep or lion or cat. Like there is some of all of those traits to a different degree in all of us. And in some situations, we might be a different animal on that spectrum. But it's Aesop fables allow you to like look at human nature through this kind of like safe space of them being animal stories but to look at human nature and think about where you would be in these situations or where you've seen yourself or where you've seen others in these situations. Thank you for listening to The Fairy Tellers. If you enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a review or share us with your friends. Also consider supporting us on Patreon for access to exclusive bonus content, including outtakes and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash thefairytellers. Special thanks to Andrew Foray for our music and to Clarice Inge for our artwork. And of course, a big thank you to all our patrons. Without all of you, this show wouldn't be possible. Fairy tales are always more interesting when something is added to them. Each new telling recharges the narrative, making it crackle and hiss with cultural energy. Maria Tatar. Oh my gosh, Katrina, like, why did you even buy this thing if you're not going to use it? Your book stand? Yeah, I have so many books propped up on it right now, like notebooks where I have like, I'll write notes and all this stuff that I'm like trying to use this like clip to like get this to stay open. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm literally using like the book stand to prop this book up when it's like, or take all the notebooks, chuck them on the ground. (laughs) Oh, look, magic. It works just like a book stand because it's a book stand. (laughs) Incredible.